Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and Ewan Patterson from What Culture Football, here to discuss another burning football issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. As I said, though, joined by Ewan Patterson to talk about the Premier League players of this season and who better to pick the best team this season than the bloke who won. What Culture Football's Fantasy Football League. Congratulations to you, Ewan. Uh, and not only that, pretty happy about Liverpool being champions as well, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was very close at the end. I mean, I kind of always kept missing the deadlines for each thing because when you have fantasy football, right, and you have a week, it's just, you know, it's going to be on like the Thursday or the Friday where you're going to be changing your teams. When it got, when it got to the restart and it was like every other day, I was like, I can't, <laughs> I, keep, I keep missing it. And then, made for a great dramatic final day of the season where you could have clinched it at the very end. Uh, you very nearly did, but then, um, <laughs> yeah, it was good though. And obviously everything else has been pretty great too. But yeah, the best players uh, definitely had a... Fantasy football is a great way of quantifying as well, which players were the most influential. <laughs> yes, uh, it's probably best that I didn't win it, to be honest. I bought myself a trophy last year, so <laughs> no need for that. Um, anyway, let's talk about not necessarily, you know, 1-11, to the team of the season, but some of our favourite players this season. First of all, I'd love to get your reaction to Jordan Henderson being named uh, Football Writers Player of the Season. Raised a few eyebrows that you're a Liverpool fan. How did you feel about it? I mean, I th- the thing is, Henderson wasn't our best player this season. You know, I think if we're going to put the most influential players in the team this season, I would have said Mane's had his best season in a Liverpool shirt. He's been absolutely incredible. His game's been taken to a whole other level. Um, that being said, we have had we have looked a little bit more flaky when he's not been in the side. And he's performed well on the right of the midfield three. And then also when Fabinho kind of got injured, did a really good job as the six as well. So... I definitely think, you know, given his contributions off the field as well, you know, in terms of when the the situation hit and the way he kind of rallied the players, um, the the response to that, I thought he, you know, he's kind of deserving it for that reason. And he has had one of his best seasons as a Liverpool player this season. It's it's a bit of a what it's like a surprise one because I think if you're going to talk about the best player in the Premier League this season, you would say Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. But um, all that being said, I love I love the fume it's generated. I can live for the fume. The fume's enough. Any other logical like argument for like why he shouldn't get it is immediately kind of counterbalanced in my mind from the fume it's generated. <laughs> yes, boiled quite a lot of piss when that mm. came out, and uh, De Bruyne certainly made his case on the final day. Um, just to get him out of the way, he's a shoe in for this team, isn't he? 
Absolutely. I mean, he's been absolutely incredible this season. Um, just a ridiculous level of goal involvement. You know, he equaled Thierry Henry's assist record yesterday as well. Um, just a phenomenal player, one of the best midfielders we've seen in the Premier League. He's absolutely amazing, ridiculous footballer. Um, you and I were talking and looking at other people's teams of the season before we came on here. Mm. Uh, Garth Crooks, mm. Joe Cole. I particularly enjoyed the, the BT one, which I believe was just like a public vote. Other poll, yeah. Unsurprisingly got rather hijacked. Um, ending up with, and I love him, but Anthony Martial being the sole striker out and out for them, at least uh, in that team. I think they put four, uh, five in midfield. Danny anyway, Ings has uh, been up there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's let's talk about some players that we feel are in the team of the season. Not necessarily, like I said, going from you know left back, right back, etc. But let, let's start start between the sticks because there's been an argument made for, for quite a few people. Edison won the Golden Gloves. Nick Pope's been sensational. Dean Henderson, uh, one of the reasons why Sheffield United have played so well this season, and arguably stating a claim for staking a claim even for that Man United number one jersey. We did a podcast myself and Adam Nicholas all about De Gea and his issues, uh, which you go, go and check out. But, but who would you put in there? I think I would say Pope. And I think, you know, he's made as strong an argument as ever for his case to be England's number one uh, the next at uh, the Euros. I think Pickford's had a very, very wobbly season, um, which is unsurprising given his last season was also quite wobbly. But I think Nick Pope has been fantastic this season. And, you know, Dean Henderson especially deserves a shout out. He's been really, really good for Sheffield United, you know. Um, I definitely think those two, the reason why, I know I know Edison at the end of the day has gotten the golden glove because, you know, Man City kept the most amount of clean sheets or whatever. And he is a very good um, goalkeeper. He's just prone to the odd rash moment as well. And that's not to say that Pope and Henderson haven't made mistakes either. But I certainly would be saying, you know, one of those two deserve to get the spot this season mm. and obviously you know, there have been other I think Ben Foster's been really hard done by as well I thought yeah. he was great for Watford um, really good player and then um, also Ramsdale for Bournemouth has been quite good so but yeah I think I think Pope would probably be my shout for this Henderson's had a great season but I think Pope has illustrated again his quality and how he should be knocking at Gareth Southgate's door being like hey you know, what, what can Pickford do that I can't you know yeah I'm inclined to agree with you there I, I think I think I'd go for Nick Pope too uh, Edison, like you say, he's got a sensational team in front of him. Uh, doesn't take away from the fact he's still one of the best goalkeepers yes. in the Premier League. Um, but all I can think of when I think of Edison, I don't think of his, you know, great saves this season. I think of that performance in the Manchester derby mm -hmm. and just kicking it directly to Scott McTominay, who's done a lot to do. But yeah, yes. let's go for for Nick Cope, Nick Pope even uh, <laughs> between the sticks. Um, as a Liverpool fan, mm -hmm. I should just cover the whole thing now. Yes. How many Liverpool players do you think would be in the team of the season? Um, I think a minimum of three or four. I would say Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, for sure. You can't say that there are better people in those positions in the league. You just can't. Um, and then obviously Van Dijk as well, you know, best defender in the world currently. So, yeah, those three definitely in the back line. Uh, and then on the front three, I would say that you'd have Mane in there and potentially Salah too, potentially. Um, 
midfield-wise, our kind of players go a little bit unnoticed, except for Henderson, who has mm. had a very good season. And in that system, this is the issue, you know, we talk about like the best standout players or the teams of the season or whatever. You kind of miss how every player plays in their own system and how they benefit that system. And, you know, our players have had a very good season in, in terms of the midfielders. I think Jeannie Van Alden has been really good. Henderson, obviously, has been really good. Fabinho, even though he, after he came back from his injury, he was kind of a little bit wobbly. You know, he kind of has ended the season in a really good position. But certainly, I think um, those four, Alexander-Arnold, Van Dijk, Robertson and uh, Sadio Mane, I think you definitely have to have them in this conversation and have them in the team. Um, yeah, I don't think you can make a case for for anything one other than three quarters of that back line to be to be made up of Liverpool players. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold just goes from strength to strength. Um, arguably, unfortunately, sort of a completely overshadowing Andy Robertson, who's, who's been great this season. I'm sure you've, you've kept up on that. And I think Van Dijk played every single minute in the Premier League for yeah. this season, if I'm not mistaken. Not since uh, Alan Kennedy, I think, has the defender completed, like played every every single minute. So, you know, that's it's a testament to just how great he is. Um, he's just transformative um and you know he has had he's been prone to a few more mistakes recently since lockdown you know kind of uh, since the, since the restart came in but you know it's, it, i don't think there's any doubt that he deserves to be in that team. he's the best defender in the world um to go in that defensive lineup then we have to pick another player from a different team a few names bounce around it has to be david louise doesn't it uh, <laughs> i mean he you know he, he had his little comeback against city and then continued it with the clangor against Watford. <laughs> Um, I don't know who you fill in that last spot, to be honest. Um, I don't think it's Harry Maguire. I'm sorry, Garth. I think that was a shocking, uh, <laughs> an absolute mad decision to have there. You know, I feel as though uh, Maguire, he's just, uh, I can't get my head around him. And I, I know it's just, it, it's a way I won't start this into a rant or whatever. I just, I don't understand him as a player. Um, I think if you were going to look at different people to go in that position, I think Soyuncu from Leicester would be a pretty decent shout. You know, Johnny Evans, again, has had a good season too. Uh, and it's very telling that once Soyuncu was injured, that Leicester's kind of, you know, it kind of coincided with, obviously they had other injuries as well, like Ricardo Pereira mm. and um, Ben Chilwell. But, you know, since those those players started dropping like flies, Leicester, you know, it lended itself to the to the Brendan Rodgers bottle job narrative. <laughs> Very <laughs> unfortunate all those players got injured. But yeah, I think Solunchu should be in the conversation there. And, you know, I would say that Gomez potentially too. I know people find that a bit controversial. You know, he's had a, he's been prone to the odd rash decision recently, but that is the partnership that has won the pull the title mm-hmm. at the end of the day and continue with you know getting them the, the second highest points total in Premier League history. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think Soyuncu was so key for, for Leicester. And like you say, when he got injured and when he got banned uh, for these last few games, it's been a huge loss for them. Uh, Evans, again, sort of blotted his copybook yesterday, just stretching for a challenge, really. I don't think there's any yeah. malice in it. But um, Maguire, I like Maguire. Um, I think he's a very, very talented defender, but I don't think he'd be in my team of the season, uh, particularly because, again... I always seem to remember more mistakes than, than moments of individual brilliance. You know, he's, he's popped up with a goal or two, I believe, for United this season. Generally, he's played well. But then I remember whatever that piece of defending was when they played Tottenham and he just mm. let, who was it? He let someone it's, just run clean. It's on. I can't remember. I think he just lets, he lets players roll him too quickly. It's, it's weird to me. Like, obviously, he's not like Lovren. But he gets kind of that you know he's he's just as physical and aggressive at times, and I feel as though that kind of rashness um, doesn't lend itself well to the idea of having a calm and collected centre half. I feel as though he just tries to wrestle players too often, and sometimes they just manage to 
wriggle through his fingers and get past. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really see how there's any argument for him to be in that back line. Bergwine, maybe it was Bergwine. I maybe can't Bergwine. Yeah. Um, but yes, Lovren, a great servant to Liverpool. He's off, isn't he? Yeah, to Zenit St Petersburg. <laughs> Uh, great servant, yeah. Uh, no, I can't. No, I can't even. I can't even mask it. Um, I can't. I can't. He's just. He's a bit of a mad one, isn't he? Both on and off the pitch. So nah, nah. <laughs> no, no, uh, no love lost there. No. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's talk about a slightly more, we always do this, but a more exciting area of the pitch. Midfield, uh, lots of names in contention here. We've got the likes of Henderson, um, De Bruyne. One of the reasons why I made sure we didn't pick a 1-2-11 is because we can just chuck all the names we want to in yes. here. Uh, who is next on that list of key midfielders this season? It's a tricky one, this. Um because, yeah, I think Henderson and De Bruyne have kind of really distinguished themselves this season. And, you know, when I've been watching Chelsea as well, I think Jorginho has actually, you know, he's really improved this season. He's been essential to their system and the way they play. So potentially, potentially an argument to have him in there. But, you know, it's, it's kind of the reason why I've got so much brain fog over who plays in that midfield area is because I feel as though the nature of, you know, the way the game's evolved over the past couple of seasons, you're seeing less and less remarkable midfield players. I think that might be fair to say. But, you know, there are certainly players that you could point out for having done very well. You know, Ceballos has, had a, has been resurgent for Arsenal over the last couple of months, so potentially you make an argument for him being there. I'm not saying that, you know, he, he would be in the team or whatever, but it certainly deserves to be highlighted. Um, but, yeah, definitely feels a, a degree of anonymity has kind of been in that position this season. Uh, I don't know if you maybe potentially agree there. Yeah, well, looking at, you know, more defensive mm. centre-of-the-park-minded midfielders, you look at the votes that... that, that uh, you know, sites have suggested, and it's mm. it's been you know De Bruyne and Henderson, and then I think like Wilfred and Didi may have been mentioned yeah, in there. Yeah. Uh, Fabinho again has been mentioned. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I suppose we just sort of have to lump this in with attacking midfielders and forwards. And I have to say, this might be rather contentious, but Bruno Fernandes is in my team of the season if I have to pick one. I think, yes, you know, people were apoplectic when during lockdown we had uh, team of the seasons being suggested and Bruno Fernandes had played like five games and was already in it. But you can look back now, the fact that Man United are in the Champions League next season. Um, and the, I think I saw last night on Match of the Day a, a table of how uh, teams have played since uh, we all, the ongoing global bastard allowed us to return to playing <laughs> football and you know what the, what United have been doing in the last few weeks and months. And he has been an essential part of it. And one of the reasons why... Probably I didn't do as well in fantasy football as I didn't bring him in <laughs> early enough. He was, he yeah. was uh, a real game changer for Man United. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and that it was a big surprise to me because I thought, you know, Fernandez was a good player. Um, but I didn't expect him to have that kind of... It, it starts to me as being a bit of a weird signing for United in a way. Mm. But then, you know, he's gone on to absolutely boss most of the games he's been in, you know, chipping in with key goals and assists. And um, it'll be interesting to see how he plays with Pogba going forward if Pogba's staying um, but yeah Fernandez is a great shot I think he was very good and then if we're going to talk about other creative midfielders I'd say maybe Mason Mount deserves a shout as well you know I think it's probably true that Lampard has played him a little bit too much um, you know there was periods where form kind of dipped out dipped in and out uh, and he must be knackered because he's played I think he's the most picked player since Lampard has come in or something crazy um, but, you know, he's been very good um, and, you know, is kind of continuing a strong upward trajectory in terms of, you know, being able to um, be incisive as a player, as a creative outlet for Chelsea. So I think there's an argument could be made that you would put him in kind of that that bracket of top creative midfielders that have kind of, you know, um, really impressed everyone this season. The Villa fans that I know will never let me live this down if I don't mention Jack Grealish in this conversation. Obviously, mm-hmm. key to Villa staying up at both ends um, yesterday. Yeah, what do you see in his future, and how how essential has he been to Villa? I mean, yeah, he's you know arguably the side's most important player, most foul player of the Premier League this season, I think as well. Um, you know, he's he's a great footballer. That's to wear shinies, though, isn't I know it? the. Sh- I was about to say you can't have him in the team because of those embarrassing shin pads. Um, but you know, amazing creative outlet for Villa. Uh, great player. Um, just you know, you maybe expect more from him. But you know, th- it it is what it is. Um, I'd probably point out, you know. John McGinn being a standout performer. Douglas Louise has been very good for Villa this season as well. So, um, you know, regardless of the the Hawkeye controversy, um, I think of all the teams, you know, that that could have stayed up, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of progress into the next season with the resources that they have. You know, Grealish is a is a great player. Um, and, you know, there were rumours before lockdown that if, you know, Man United couldn't get Sancho, they'd be looking at Grealish potentially. You know, obviously he very nearly went to Spurs uh, a couple of seasons ago as well. So who knows? I think he'll stay with Villa um, and you expect him to go on and perform better. To me, it kind of reminds me of the situation that Zaha finds himself with Palace, mm. where you think a player of his abilities and quality um, and his age as well. Where do you think they want to be currently in their career and what do they want to you know, achieve? Um, weighing that up with the fact that you know he is he is local and he loves Villa, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, definitely a definitely a standout player, especially with a, an international tournament coming up, mm. hopefully next summer. Um, it's whether, like you say, whether you uh, value 
team success, uh, whilst potentially being on slightly more of a periphery or being the central key role to a, a smaller team right now before the Villa fans get in the comments? Because I saw how quickly they responded to people saying, oh, well, what about the the ghost goal against Sheffield United? And they were like, well, well, what about the ghost goal? We have Crystal Palace. So, <laughs> all right. OK, I get it. Um, in terms of Mo Salah and Raheem Sterling, they're obviously in this conversation, but are they victims of their own success that we've set the bar so high for them that... Uh, if they haven't scored 30 goals this season, why even bother talking about them? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think both players are, you know, two of the best forwards in the Premier League. And Salah, Salah's been a bit frustrated. I mean, I'm saying this, he's, he scored like, what, 21 goals or so, 20, 20 goals, something like that in the league this season. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember. How many goals did Vardy score? Is it 20? 20... I'm going to Google it. You keep three, talking three, about but yeah, um, Salah, like he's been quite frustrating to watch occasionally this season. Um, and the amount of chances that we create, or Liverpool creates as a, as a football team, you would expect him to maybe put more of those away. Um, it's been quite frustrating at times. Not to say that you know he hasn't been good for us. Obviously, he has. But I would have, I would have expected more from him this season. Um, and again, that's you know that's saying a lot considering his first full season with us. He broke literally every record under the sun as a as a forward for Liverpool. Um, but definitely, you know, watching Liverpool, you know, day in day out, the amount of chances that get created, you expect them to put more away. That being said, you know, obviously one of the best forwards in, in the league, and you know, Sterling's had a good season as well. We can't put any of them down for that. Um, other forwards, I would suggest. Um, Danny Ings um, for Southampton. He's been absolutely incredible. And I tell you now, Wilborn, I tell you now, when we when we let him go to Southampton, I was really good because I thought if there was any player that could fit that kind of Klopp-esque mm. striker, he's, his movement is great and a very underrated aspect of his game. And his finishing is tremendous as well. Um, like some of the best, no, great, great player. And it's really great to see him kind of kicking on this season because, you know, he's, he's the consummate professional at Liverpool, very unlucky with injuries. Um, but definitely, you know, it's great to see that he's come into his own this season. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of, of Danny Ings and uh, so happy to, like you say, to see what he's gone on to do uh, at Southampton. Arguably the reason why they haven't even been involved in that much of a relegation battle after, after that. After that 9-0 drumming, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, Vardy scored 23 goals in the Premier League yes, this season, okay. by the way. Um, he has to be uh, up there in terms of, of, of strikers. Mm-hmm. Just... If, if, if people keep banging on about this, but at his age, it, it seems like the seasons don't really change for him. Yes, the thing, the thing with Valley this season that was quite interesting to me was that he, you know, he started off very strongly, and then he had that one two month lull. I think at the beginning of the year. Correct me if I'm wrong. There was a period where, you know, I think if we're going to get into the analytics of it all, he was outperforming his expected goals tally by quite a lot to begin with, and then when you know that kind of dried up. Um, you kind of, you know, stagnated a little bit. But yeah, of course, you know, you, you can't put that many goals away and not be in contention. You know, he is uh, on, on paper, literally the best, you know, the best striker in the Premier League in terms of, you know, the amount of goals that he's plundered. So, yeah, I mean, I think he has to be in there. He's been, it, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether he can keep that style of play up going forward. You know, those, those long, speedy runs um, into the box and all that. So... Yeah, it, at that age, that's quite impressive. So I'm curious to see how Leicester will do in terms, because it's about time that they start looking at someone to fill his boots um, within the next few years. You know, they have any Iniacho. He's improved this season, but is he a replacement for Vardy? I don't really think so. So, you know, they need to have a look in that area, certainly. Yeah, I 
I don't envy the guy who has to come in and replace Jamie Vardy. Um, but he was, yeah, he's been just... Shout out to Ryan, by the way, a Leicester fan of mine, who inexplicably made the decision, you know what, I'm going to go go to Southampton on a, I think it was a Friday night. I'm going to go to Southampton on a Friday night to uh-huh. watch Leicester play and then got to see that match. Incredible. Um, yeah, Ings, Vardy. I want to mention another personal favourite of mine in the Premier League who was pushing both of them for the uh, golden boot. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Oh, what yeah. a player he is. Yeah. Again, that was another thing as well, you know, when, because that was, was that Wenger's last signing that he had? I'm fairly certain so, it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a player. I was just like, he's, he was great for Borussia Dortmund, obviously. And then when he came to the Premier League, you were thinking, OK, Arsenal, you know, they've put in a lot of investment in terms of Lacazette. And now they've got, you know, all these other attacking outlets. It, it, it's very telling that he continues to be consistent when the team around him are so completely inconsistent. Um, and, you know, Arsenal have a lot to, to thank Aubameyang for at the end of this season. Obviously, you know, they're not where they, they should be really as a team of that stature. Um, but again, you know, he's been absolutely incredible for them, playing across a variety of positions up front as well. Um, so, yeah, absolutely outstanding player. Uh, he's just he's just fantastic. His movement, his finishing, um, really, really good. Arsenal have got a lot of young, exciting attacking players as well. And, you know, it's good that they have Aubameyang to kind of learn from because he is just, you know, one of the world's best Absolutely. Uh, we've mentioned Martial, we've mentioned Mane, we should give some honourable mentions as well here, uh, to the likes of Marcus Rashford, arguably mm-hmm. just as much for his off-field exploits as he did on-field, and uh, another key player in your fantasy football team, Raul Jimenez. Yes, um, Wolves, again, oh God, I've got something in my throat, um, Wolves, um, yeah, Jimenez is really good, I really, really like Raul Jimenez as a player, he's just fantastic, um, and you know, it, They've had the longest season in history, um, <laughs> and it's it's amazing that they've kind of continued to. You, you thought, you know, at the start of the season, maybe they'd be in a little bit of trouble given, you know, the Europa League campaign and you know, the results in the league weren't that great. Um, but Jimenez and Traore have been a, a, a tour de force together, and Traore is someone again who I'm really pleased to see has actually been kicking on, given how much um, you know we've been talking about that player since you know he was with Middlesbrough, um, and you know oh, he can, he's so fast, he you know completes the most amount of dribbles ever, he's the most amazing dribbler. Now he's added end product of that, you know, with his with his crosses and and stuff. So yeah, Traore and Jimenez, I'm expecting big things from next season. Really exciting. I mean, like you say, long, long season for them. It's not over. No. It's still in the Europa <laughs> League. I, I can't wait to see what happens in Europe with the teams that, you know, still had stuff to play for, but I felt were maybe holding back slightly. And I include Wolves in that conversation and Manchester City. We mentioned Sterling earlier. I just get the feeling, you know, he's he's been great, obviously, uh, in the uh, end part of this season. But I feel like maybe he's just... Just been sitting in a sort of lower gear, anticipating what could be a huge, huge Champions League. That's the big uh, one. It's the big one for them, isn't it? Can't wait to see what happens in that game. And and again, Wolves, uh, myself and Simon Miller, when we were talking about Arsenal and the prospects, we mentioned that they could easily win the Europa League. Well, I say easily. It's not an easy competition, despite the fact that we don't really pay any attention until it gets to like the quarterfinals. Um, but they, they are certainly in contention. Uh, we've talked about the players of the season. We would be remiss not to mention managers of the season. There's one I know you want to mention. But before we get to him, uh, Chris Wilder has yes. to be uh, mentioned. I'm going to use... I do this on every uh, thing that we do on, on what, here on What Culture Football. Chris Wilder, 
was considered for the Chesterfield job, and we thought, nah, let's give it to let's give it to Dean Saunders instead. Oh, what could have been, mate? Chris Wilder is absolutely just an amazing coach, and Sheffield, you know, their play, they've been the surprise package this season. Um, the most durable side I think I've seen come up from the Championship in Yonks, and I mean durable in the sense that. Things haven't always gone their way, but they've not. You know, we talk about how when clubs come up from the championship that they have to basically forget all their, you know, their the style of play that basically took them to the Premier League. And, you know, Norwich is a testament to that. They still, they stuck with their guns and it backfired horrendously. Um, but Sheffield, you know, they've been amazing to watch, you know, like the likes of Egan, Lundstrom. Um, and they've been they've done great business as well. Sam de Burge from um, is that is that Genk, one of the Belgian clubs. I'm mm. trying to remember which one it was. It might be Genk. I can't remember. But he's been great for them since coming in in January. Um, and just yeah, they've they've had a really really good season. Obviously, having say as well. Um, again, yeah, no, they've been really impressive this season. And Chris Wilde absolutely deserves all the plaudits for that. I want to give a mention. You mentioned Egan. You mentioned mm. Lundstrom. We mentioned uh, Henderson as well. David McGoldrick mm-hmm. has become a player I just have fallen in love with because I felt so bad for him. They were doing so many great things in the Premier League. And I thought, he can't come to the end of the season <laughs> without scoring a goal. Because he definitely scored in a cup, I believe, for Sheffield mm-hmm. United. And he scored a couple of goals for Sheffield United in the league, but they got chalked off courtesy of VAR. And then it was like buses. He got two in the same game, I believe, um, mm-hmm. after that. Uh, Jesse Lingard, not not just missing out. Um uh, <laughs> I felt so sorry about the bet. I was going to say, you see the, the guy who had the bet on it? Crikey. That was just, oh man, I would have been absolutely gutted. Been fuming. Yeah, I believe. <laughs> the Barclays. I believe some, I don't know what I'm allowed to say here, some bookmakers still paid out on some of it because they're nice like that. But uh, a hell of a bet to make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to come back to the central point, Chris Wilder has done wonders. Like you say, you look at the other promoter teams and how they've struggled. And I'll hold my hands up, you know, with not just with uh, Sheffield United, but with Chelsea as well, because I feel Lampard, you know, very different scenario, deserves a bit of credit because we were questioning them, or I certainly was at the start of the season with the transfer ban. And yes, they had a million players out on loan they could call in and the likes of Christian Pulisic and what have you. Um, but I I, I I thought Chelsea weren't going to do well and I thought Sheffield United were nailed on relegation fodder. Um, so yeah, shout out to, to Chris Wilder. Right, let's talk about him then. Jürgen has to be manager of the season, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't emphasise enough just how great he is. And you know, I know he boils a lot of people's piss as well. I don't understand why. Uh, he's just genuinely like as someone who gets the the ethos of the club, the city, uh, you know, football as a sport. He is just incomparable. He is just absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, he, when he came in, he, we talked about you know turning doubters to believers. He's done that in no time at all, um, and just. You know, I can't emphasize just enough how talented he is as a manager, the way that he's attracted. He's, the foundations of the success, obviously, you can point towards the owners and, you know, the fact that the model behind the scenes, you know, the sporting directors and, and how that's all worked off as well. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, people, the, we've gotten the players that have helped bring us the league because they want to play for Jurgen Klopp. And the kind of football that Jurgen Klopp plays is fantastic to watch. And, you know, there have been times where we've been frustrated and we've got to dig out wins. But, you know, that's a testament to the, the attitude he's instilled within those players. Um, he's just absolutely fantastic and absolutely deserves, you know, the manager of the season, I think. Yeah, I don't know how you can look or listen to the stuff that Jürgen Klopp says and not just admire what he has done 
throughout his career, but in particular, obviously at Liverpool, just transforming that team and you know getting the fans on board with it because we all stood there and mocked him when he they think they drew up Palace and they were oh, West Brom. Yeah. Brom, that was it. Yeah. Um, so you know you can't, you can't really question it when you look what he's managed to achieve in the last what eighteen months with that side. Yeah. Truly, truly fantastic achievement and unquestionably manager of the season. Although Wilder did run him close, but let us know in the comments section below who you think are some of the Premier League players of the season. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We bloody love doing stuff here at What Culture Football. We'll be keeping on going because, well, football's basically not stopping over the summer, is it? <laughs> it's like that David Mitchell sketch. <laughs> There's the football. Look at the football go. <laughs> yeah, we've got European competition. The the greatest league in the world, TM, according to Andy Murray. The Scottish League returns soon. Uh, and then what is it, like seven weeks until the Premier yeah. League is back? Really not yeah. long to wait at all. Tell your friends, subscribe and do all that sort of thing. And make sure you subscribe to uh, What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts uh, as well. You can also let us know your thoughts on the uh, players of the season on Twitter, at What Culture FC, where you can follow both of us. You can follow you and Patterson at... You wouldn't ruin things. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. You can follow us all at What Culture FC, as I said. But for now, this has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to you and thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.